0: Hello, hello, internet friends, and welcome back to the Digital Deep Dive show with me, Reid Daly. We are jumping into episode number 18 of the show, and I never thought I would have some sort of tech and news or anything on LinkedIn with Paris Hilton attached to it, but I felt it was very appropriate to have her As sort of the thumbnail for this week's episode. And I'll explain more about that uh, in the global news section. But uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of great topics to discuss. Obviously, we're going to do a little feature on global news, talk about what's going on with two co founders in Chicago moving the needle in supply chain tech how Atlassian, the global uh, program and project management solution, is attacking AI and the future of tech, we're going to do a NetSuite feature on Zoku and what they're bringing to the world of Omnichannel, and of course, rounding out the show with where you can connect with me online and in real life. Before we jump in, I want to remind you all ideas, thoughts are my own, and you can download and subscribe to the show on such good or great, however you want to think about it, podcast platforms as Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. We are over on YouTube, and you can like, follow, subscribe to the show on X or Instagram, at the Digital 3D Show. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's jump into global tech news. So I wanted to kick off the show talking about induced.ai. And when I read about this, I thought it was basically like if Zapier and ChatGPT came together and had a kit. And it was started or it's, it's funded uh, by Sam Altman Free. And then if you've looked in the last week, they've got, I think, 10 new uh, or roughly 10 new uh, investors. But it's two buddies uh, that uh, either are in high school or college, they're extremely young is the point of that comment. And they've built a browser environment on top of Chromium, which I have no idea what that is, but it's an autonomous workflow. And it uses the authentication credentials of email, phone numbers, et cetera, to do complex workflows. So if you go on their website, you can see logos like Jira, uh, Atlassian, uh, Jira. Uh, you've got Asana. I saw Trello. I saw LinkedIn. I saw Gmail. And one would assume it's almost like a bot-like activity or RPA where it allows you to do a certain tasks in a repetitive fashion unfortunately there aren't a lot of videos online about the service and they are giving out 20 new licenses i think every you know hour or so so i've i've requested one haven't gotten one uh fingers crossed so for the co-founders if you see this post on linkedin hit hit me up dm me give me access to your solution but very cool to see more of these sort of workflow tools or like light workflow tools uh, coming to bear. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked with other RPA solutions. Some are really lightweight. Others are very complex and require kind of coding knowledge. And this seems like it's much more GUI driven and, and uh, API uh, oriented. And so uh, interested to see more from this team. The second story I want to talk about was also on AI, but more about getting smarter learning. So it was the first time that I've seen a master class on ChatGPT and the guide for beginners to experts. So I was at a dinner two or three weeks ago and I was just talking with some folks that kind of knew about ChatGPT and large language models. But just from a buzz standpoint and I was like, have you actually ever used it? And the resounding answer from, from five of these folks was no. And I, I kind of walked them through an example and I, I showed them, I basically wrote a, a letter within, I don't know, 30 seconds uh, to one of the guests or other dinner uh, diners and walked them through like how prompting could change the way that the the letter was constructed uh, by ChatGPT. And so this was, uh, you know, this was just one of the first masterclasses that I've seen sort of fully documented outside of, you know, some YouTube or Instagram person saying, give me 30 bucks and I'll teach you how to do ChatGPT. Prompting, uh, I you know both are probably good uh, ways to learn, and uh, you know I think when I think about what prompting will become and unlocking you know the potential of ChatGPT and other large language models, obviously, you know the same skills that it took to not just build Excel but really analyze the data and do storytelling, I think it's that same creativity that will be required in the next round of jobs for people to get more um, you know, creative and insightful in terms of what they're asking from the system. And then how do they play off of that? So they'll, you know, prompt, get some information, adjust the prompt, or ask it to put a different lens or filter on sort of its responses. And uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be increasingly important for people to understand not only how data is is built and stored, but also how to ask the machines to retrieve that data in a matter that works and, you know, proves or disproves your hypothesis. So if you haven't used ChatGPT or any of the other large language models and you want to get up to speed, I believe the course was $89. Um, I, I have no like affiliate to it. So just go check it out. And, uh, you know, there, there are obviously others out there um, that you can go and find on the web. This was the one that I just thought looked pretty good. All right, moving from large language models uh, over to Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft on their blog released a a very big, I wouldn't say very big, but a bigger update to Microsoft Lists. So list.microsoft.com now has a web version. They've had mobile apps, so it works across Android, iOS, but also now on the browser. And it's also working for consumers and not just corporate users. And so I really got into Wonderlist, I don't know, five, 10, I think it was maybe not 10, but eight years ago. And when Microsoft bought them, I was happy because I thought it was way more intuitive. And what I saw from Microsoft was you had lists, you had project, and then whatever that other sort of solution, and I'm blanking on the name that came as their. You know, lightweight answer to projects and heavyweight answer to lists that sat in the cloud and was part of Teams and the Microsoft Cloud ecosystem. So they basically have three of these different products competing. Uh, one could argue project is much more of a pro user, list is much more of a consumer. I just want to see them all kind of converge into one solution where you can do a lot of templating. Um, you know, one of the big reasons I left Wonderlist and Microsoft. And adopted uh, sort of a dual approach: Asana for kind of more of my corporate use, and uh, the Microsoft To Do, or sorry, not Microsoft, Apple uh, To Do uh, solution, which you know I really like their their reminders app. I use reminders for like basic things, you know, kind of like what are the four or five things I want to do this morning or this weekend. More on my personal use, and then for Asana, I just love it because I can build really robust uh, project and pro, you know, program and project management trackers. The, the fact that you can do multi-homing is amazing. And then the best feature, in my opinion, is the fact that they do uh, the ability to templatize things and clone projects, something that Microsoft just can't seem to do. So I'm very interested to go try Lists again uh, and see if I like it or if they've done any features that will compete against Reminders. And then over time, I'm just keeping an eye on this of how Microsoft's strategy for task and project management converge and they start to build a single app or, you know, you know, have the app sort of integrated down the road. All right, the last sort of global news story is finally getting back to Paris Hilton and her being on X. So... You know, the deal between X and Hilton and her 1111 media company, she and X will work together to create four original video content programs per year that include live shopping features. Hilton will also serve as a launch partner for her new X consumer products, service, and feature releases, according to the companies. So first off, um, I doubt that Hilton actually does that much shopping anymore, that being said, it's very interesting for X uh, and possibly some sort of augmented reality or live image linkage with RevShares uh, that uh, X is embarking on between Hilton X and uh, you know the, the company obviously uh, you know showing their products. Uh, From videos on Elon's X account, we know that X has Twitch-like capabilities in the works. So the ability to live stream and have linked content that could be purchased moves the influencer, in my opinion, from static content or pre-canned content to, to live content and really could become the modern version of, say, a fashion show where a consumer could purchase things in real time. What also could be really interesting is if folks were still in the design phase and could be making prototypes and then consumer vote on which products they'd like and didn't like in real time. So basically you could like A-B test things and you could actually kick off uh, the product and capture purchase dollars and optimize ordering and reduce risk from a producer's standpoint because you would no longer have as many issues with cash flow management on the inventory. There's just a ton of ideas here. I'm not part of the X product team. They really haven't released much in terms of what is going to uh, transpire between X and Hilton's 1111 media company, other than what I mentioned above. But it will be interesting to see how these two brands come together. One would also assume they're going to do more with different influencers down on the road. All right. So, So that wraps it up for global news. Now let's jump into what I'm calling our podcast and video spotlight. So sometimes it's going to be a podcast. Other times it's going to be some sort of YouTube video that I thought was interesting. This one was with um, Heja from TechCrunch and Atlassian CTO, Ravji Rajan. And uh, so background on Rajan, he was at – Microsoft and Meta, you know, was really a big part at Microsoft of helping them get to the cloud with Office Office 365. And he, you know, came on the pod or came on the, you know, disrupt, um, you know, what do you call that stage? Couldn't think of that word to talk about what's next for Atlassian. So I knew when I got introduced to Atlassian, it was right before the pandemic and maybe a couple of years before that. And I remember one of the, the folks on my team telling me just how much it was gonna cost to get the environment up and running. And I said, this is, this is crazy. Like, and it just didn't make sense in terms of cost structure. And then I understood kind of their infrastructure challenges. And uh, some of this was in the cloud and some of it was on-prem. And I just, it, just, it seemed overwhelming and I looked for alternatives and that's how I landed at Asana with uh, some some plugins. And, bolt-ons. and, you know, one of the things he talked about was just how they're reinventing uh, themselves, both in terms of moving to the cloud from an infrastructure standpoint. They also talked about how AI was going to help them, you know, evolve in terms of data analysis. I have to imagine, you know, there's a lot of setup, there's a lot of data inputs, and then the output is really based on the beholder and the the system isn't drawing conclusions or making recommendations that could prompt a program manager or project manager or even a doer like hey you're a week behind hey you know you're typically putting tasks in that you say are going to take two weeks but on average they take four weeks or something like that so my question for atlassian is will they be able to keep up with what is becoming a crowded space in the project and program management uh, space and then how will they compete with microsoft which is as i mentioned above in terms of the the to-dos and the project plans slowly creeping into their space but the fact that microsoft has the whole power platform dynamics platform project management platform and they have open api pushing against all those solutions it's going to be an uphill battle it makes total sense why atlassian who has large dollars went out and got someone who understands where a behemoth like Microsoft could be going. Uh, In the post on LinkedIn, I linked to the YouTube video from TechCrunch and the Disrupt Stage. It's a 50 minute uh, video, so it's a little longer, so you might wanna find a a good walk uh, on the weekend to, to listen into this and enjoy. All right, moving from Atlassian, we're going to do our deep dive with NetSuite and a feature. So we're kind of combining NetSuite and our deep dive here. So I was, uh, you know, checking my email Wednesday morning and I got a really nice ping from one of my NetSuite contacts talking about Zoku, a prominent B2B software company. And they have unveiled a state-of-the-art advanced omni-channel commerce platform for the retail sector so this in, in innovative uh, cloud-based system seamlessly integrates oracle's netsuite and shopify catering to operational efficiencies and seamless customer experience the platform eliminates silos and enhance sales cha- channels and promises unparalleled experience for both retailers and customers so When I looked at this, I was like, okay, talk to me a little more about what the core are and the kind of the key takeaways. So the the key features or core functionality are global accessibility and integration, unified customer experience. That was a given. The comprehensive features that they're touting are customer loyalty modules, inventory management modules, order automation, enhanced customer management and analytics. And the biggest thing for me was marketing automation across social email and text. So um, I have not seen the solution yet. I've already sent an email over to Zoku's team looking for videos outside of the two minute like cartoon video that they have on their website. I, I really hate when software companies do that. It's like, just show me the tool. Uh, I also wanted to look for the PowerPoint or PDF or just in terms of the overview on the features. As soon as I get that, I'm going to kind of share my takeaways there. But, uh, you know, look, I use NetSuite, work with customers all the time that love NetSuite, and the fact that you continue to have this robust ecosystem of suite apps building on top of things and then apps that seamlessly integrate with NetSuite makes total sense. Um, I linked to the website and their LinkedIn on uh, the newsletter, so go check it out. All right, moving from sort of a global player to someone in my backyard on the rise uh, feature with Logistics Startup Loop, who announced 35 million in Series B. Congratulations to co-founders Shazu Lee and Matt McKinney. Uh, the, The money came in from JP Morgan, Growth Equity Partners, and Index Ventures, who led the round. Um, and what was really interesting for me in terms of the press release was the, the the statement that they said of on average 20% of freight invoices have rate errors, which in turn increases cost. Loop's infrastructure and robust data platform gives customers full, full visibility into cost, but also unlocks savings. Loop's AI delivers insights into the impacts of everything from linking disparate documents to root cause of discrepancies to contracts. So, um, you know, I am fired up as a Chicago person whenever I see anything on supply chain, logistics, manufacturing, and distribution. So, like I said, hats off to Matt and uh, Xiao Lu on, you know, grabbing this latest round. And I'll be watching to see what Loop does and kind of their approach they do to the audit and pay uh, modules, of the supply chain. All right, uh, wrapping up the show of where you can find me in real life and online. So I've got the Midwest Capital Connect coming up on October twenty fifth and twenty sixth in my hometown of Chicago. I will be going to a few of the events, namely a couple of the receptions, a couple of private events. If you are a deal maker, either on the investment bank side, if you are in private equity, if you are an independent, if you want to do deals, go to the Midwest Capital Connect and don't forget to look me up because it's in my hometown. The next event is a virtual one on driving revenue growth across the organization. This will be with the folks over at Lewis Manning that I'm involved with. It will be on Wednesday, November 15th. More details on all the guests and how to sign up beyond lewismanning.com. We are also likely going to be having an innovation event over at lewismanning.com in October. I just don't have all the details, but I will share them with this newsletter. And that does it for us, folks. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider don't forget to like follow subscribe to the show at digital 3d show and you can find me at read daily that's r-e-e-d-d-a-i-l-e-y pretty much everywhere the joys of having a unique first name and last name spelling and with that said enjoy your weekend it is the first really fall feeling day here in chicago so i'm excited and also concerned for what's coming but uh, I think we're going to be all right. And I uh, look forward to having you join me on the next episode, episode